Welcome to the No Ideas Original Podcast. The interview you're about to experience is with Kwame Teague, aka Dutch, author of the Dutch Trilogy. Recently, Dutch was made into a movie starring Lance Gross that premiered on BET on June 2nd, 2021. Kwame has been incarcerated for 27 years, fighting to prove his innocence the whole time. Despite the injustice, Kwame is a living example of doing the time and not letting the time do him. He is a positive role model for the men that are incarcerated with him. He recently started a podcast on Prison Riot Radio, where he conducts interviews and discuss topics such as stocks and Bitcoin. He has also been an activist, fighting the system from within by establishing humanism as a faith within North Carolina prisons and starting a creative writing class. Kwame is also on the board of Hip Hop Humanism and on the board of Bard Business, a pending community development financial institution that raises money for the businesses of the formerly incarcerated and justice-impacted communities. We invite you to listen to his story, raw and cut, from behind the G-Wall. Shout out to Kwame Teague for taking the time to build with us. Hello? Hey, hello. Hey, how you doing, hey, man? Hey. Thank you, thank you, thank you for hey. joining us. Man, thank you, but I really appreciate this platform, man. Like, it means a lot to me, man. I'm going to get to speak to the people, man, and, 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 get, and, and get in touch with everybody. Nah, man. Welcome to the No Ideas Original Podcast. So for those who don't know who's on the phone, we have author of Dutch, Kwame Teague, a.k.a. Dutch, responsible for the Dutch Trilogy, Dynasty, um, Doug Politics, and Adventures of Ghetto Sam. Talk to us a little bit about your upbringing uh, coming up in Newark, New Jersey. What was that like? Okay, well, you know, we, I came up in the 80s, and I was, I was, I was coming up through all through the 80s, you know, the 80s, baby, hip-hop, club music, and all of that. So, you know, I was influenced by, you know, I was influenced early on by the, by the music of, you know, first and foremost, the Melly Males, the, the African Band Fathers, and then as we moved on up, you know, you came into the Juice Crew, Rocky and Shane, and so forth and so on. So, that was my biggest, you know, biggest influence. But the biggest, one of the biggest things about North is everybody's Muslim, my race Muslim. And... You know, so we had there was a there was a love in the air between individuals that taught me to this day or instilled and ingrained in me to this day love for my people. You know what I mean? And, and, and even though I mean people got busy, people killed each other. I mean, at the end of the day, it's land ingrained in me a love for my people that that now nothing can take away. Nice. That's what's up, man. Peace. Assalamu alaikum, brother. I'm the third trio of the crew. Alaikum assalam. How's everything, man? Everything is good, baby. Everything is good, man. Just trying to make the best of a bad situation. That's right, brother. I hear you, man. I feel your energy. Talk about your writing style. What makes your writing style much different from the other authors? Oh, man, that's it. I'm a, I'm a student of the game, man. Like, I'm really a student of the game. Like, there's never a time that I say, you know, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's all I got to do. I ain't got to do no more. I'm a student of the game. I love storytelling. I've always loved storytelling. I admire storytellers. You know what I mean? Good storytellers. Like, I go back, you know, we. I, I, I came from a, a crew of individuals back and I say that we really, really, like, some people was into the, to the, to the, to the karate joint. We was at the gang. You know what I mean? Like, right. we, we was critiquing them and growing up on them joints. You know, like the Godfathers and, and Eight Million Ways to Die and, and Crime Story and Wild Guy. So when we was watching these joints, man, we was critiquing these things like, man, that's ain't like, this is insane. <laughs> and it taught me how to tell stories, how to keep somebody's attention, right? Wow. Because when, you're, when, you, when you get into a story, 
you don't want to go. The sun was setting and it was just a beautiful and the sky was blue. No. Soon as I come off, nine times out of ten, I'm in the first two lines. Somebody getting killed, somebody having sex, somebody going live, somebody going to say something that's going to catch your attention. Because at that point, I need you to lock in. Mm. I need you to lock in the minute you open this book. I'm not going to waste time describing the, the, the car. I'm not going to talk about what kind of clothes they had on. You're going to get directly to the point because I'm going to lock you in. And then when I let you go, you're going to be pressed. Nice. That's right, man. Yeah, and that, and that, that tree is the same the same plot you have in Dutch, man. You know, he was a cool brother, real smooth, real easy going, and he, he had right. control, you know what I mean? And I, I, I kind of kinda relate to that character growing up a lot. Like, I looked up to brothers like that who was always clean. My pops is like that, you know what I'm saying? Looked real clean. Right, right. Knew how, to, knew how to talk to the lady, very personal. Very great, very, very great work, man. I, I appreciate you writing that, man. Yes, man. I appreciate that. I mean, that that was the ever when when style was 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 established. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like when we were listening to like the Blue Magic and the and the and the Olympics in there. You know what I mean? And these dudes would sing and then in between the break, you know, they would sit back and they would talk. And you, you know what I mean? Like they would engage the female in a way that you know, like to let them know that yeah, I sing, baby. But this is who I am. Let me tell you what's going on. And that in of itself instilled in us. I want to be like that. Smooth. You know what I mean? I want to talk like that. Yeah. And you know, so now you you starting to you starting to, to, to mold yourself around these individuals who who pride themselves on certain styles or pride themselves on certain principles, and you accepted them and then you embody them. You know what I mean? And so like when I was coming up, you know, when we was listening to music, the music that we listened to, like uh, 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 like heatwave, like a lot of other, like a lot of people sample heatwave mm-hmm. music. And you know, I mean, Big Daddy Kane and, and all the individuals like that sampled the music, but the original music, man, he was one of the most gangster groups back in the day. Without being gangster, you know what I mean? Like that, all of those songs ingrained in you in a, a love for rhythm and a love for storytelling because even their songs were stories sometimes. Like, you know what I mean? Like you take a song like Always and Forever, that's a story if you look at it. Yes, he's telling how he feels, mm-hmm. but he tells you how that feeling began. He feels how, how it feels now and how he wanted to feel forever. That's yeah. a story. Yo, not not to sound not to sound corny, but that song right there, I used to sing that song to go to sleep.
other different places than I was going. Yeah. You know what I mean? And learning different things about the world, little different things about the alley and the perspective. And that's what always informs my storytelling to this day. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I want to give you different perspectives. I want you to, to be engaged, not only emotionally, but I want you to engage intellectually. Because with Dutch, the question that I wanted to impose in everybody's mind is, how bad do you want it? Mm. And what are you willing to do to get it? Because right. that's the key to life. Those two questions go with everything, no matter what it is. When you go to McDonald's, it's like, well, how fast do you want it? And what are you willing to get to get it? Yeah. And a Big Mac at $10, you probably ain't going to pay that. So because you may not want it bad enough. Mm -hmm. So in life, those are the two things we ask ourselves about every decision. And I wanted Dutch to represent this individual who said, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to be on top. Yeah. Right? And, but he really wasn't willing to do that because in the finale, I present him with a, a, a conundrum, a dilemma that he wasn't willing to go beyond. He found his limit and that limit cost of his life. Mm -hmm. Because once you're willing to push it all the way to the edge, if you're not willing to go over the edge, somebody going to push it. Yeah, but inevitably, yeah. you're going over the edge. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the irony of the moment. Yeah. Don't, don't, you know don't, don't, and that's what I try to instill in stuff. Don't 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 give away too much of it though, because we still want for the people who haven't read the books to go out and read the books. Right oh, now, books. peace, peace, brother. This is Zane, man. Definitely honored to have you on the podcast. No idea. Uh, let us know as far as for the people that's listening to the audio and people that's going to see this video. Let us know the sequence of the books you put out: The Adventures of Ghetto Sam, Dynasty, uh, Thug Politics, and of course the Dust Trilogy. Yeah, I got the, yeah, I got the, of course, Ghetto Sam, like you said, Dutch, the trilogy, I got Dynasty, the, the, the one, two, and three, um, actually, that's about to be made into a series, um, and I got, a um, Above the Law, I have another one called Question Mark, the book was, the name of the book is a question mark, but some people call it Q, hmm. you know what I mean, because, you know, because you gotta have something related to, but that I have, um, uh, I got a lot of books, a lot of books I've written have been ghostwritten. Like, I'm, I'm ghostwritten for a lot of people, you know what I mean? And so, because of that, I can't speak on those things, but it's a lot, lately I've done a lot of ghostwriting. Mm -hmm. Because, you know what I mean, I was really got into the script. Like, that was my thing now, was getting into the movie script and, and telling it the series and things of this nature. So those are my, that's my basic, that's my basic uh, library right there. Mm -hmm. So you've been, down, you've been you've been down since since 94, right? And you you in North Carolina. What took you to North Carolina? And did you did you want to be an author before you got locked up? No, nah, I mean, nah, when I was, I got locked up in the well, I got locked up down in North Carolina because my mother's family is from down here. So I've been coming back and forth here like 84. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. um, just, you know what I mean? Really engaged. You know how it is, your father's from one place, your mother's from another. Yeah. And so you engage both sides of the family. And right. so I came down here and, and you know, I'm in love with it because there's so much love out the world. You know, I came up down here in Goldsboro, North Carolina, and there's so much love down there. Like, they, they special. Like, I'm telling you, like, I love them to death. Those are my people as well. So, you know, it was like coming back and forth. And so that's what made me come down here. But for me, it's always, like I said, it's always been about storytelling. And I first wrote, like I always say, my oldest sister, Sharon, she's the one that got me in the writing of really writing scripts because I can remember seeing a script in her room that she had wrote. Mm. And I was looking at the script, and, it was, and you know, if anybody's ever seen a movie script, how clean it looks. Like, you know, when you write a book, it's just paragraphs. Yeah. But with a movie script, it's like everything is centered, everything is spaced, and it's like, what is this? And she's like, that's the script. I said, what is the movie script? I said, that's where movies come from? 
was like, she did. I was like, why? Oh shit! Like niggas, yo, I never knew, and it blew my mind that the thing that I seen on the screen was this what it came from. Like, because at that early age, I guess <laughs> there was a there was a time when I thought that when when and when you had with a radio station. I thought the group came and sang the song like it didn't fuck me up one time when, when I heard the same record playing on two different stations. I was like, what the fuck is going on? So I didn't know. I was too young. I didn't understand the, the concept about records. Yeah. So I didn't understand that movies. I'm thinking that the shit I'm watching on the screen, I guess, is happening right now. I didn't know. I was like, what the fuck? Mm. And so that that really, I fell in love with screenwriting right then and then. And so I've always wrote stories. Like I would, I would type stories up. And, and, and write them, but the person I credit was really giving me my ups as far as like my creativity, because I knew the format, my sister gave me the format, but the person I, I credit was giving me the creativity was my man Mickey, like Mickey B, my man the DJ, like he started DJing when he was eight years old, so little he had to stand on the crate, DJ. he taught me how to DJ when I was 13, like he gave mm. me my ups with that, but at the same time, I'll never forget the day he was in his, he was sitting in his kitchen, bumping the blunt, and he said, yo, you can write back. I said, no, I can't write what he told me. He said, yeah, you can write. And gave me the pen. I thought it would be a game of the pen. I wrote a rhyme. And that was my first time thinking creative. Create, create. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and he, he put it in. He showed me. He's like, yo, you got it. And, and, and he approved to this day that I do. So, you know, I got to get fixed by my best my, my big brother. I got to hit that big up, man, because he definitely gave me that flex. That was really, I never really wanted to be an author. I just wanted to be a storyteller. Like, right now, I don't really consider myself an author, per se. I consider myself a storyteller because mm. some people can write. There's a lot of people that can write, but everybody so can tell story. story. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the difference. Yeah. Yo, Mickey, Mickey uh, he knew what he was doing, boy. He was trying to get him an MC. He was trying to set you off early in the game. Word up, man. This was 84. This 84 will be, um, 
right? Because if you're not living it, you can't write it, right? And if you know you're not thinking creatively on a continuous basis, if your life is not based on what is in a lot of ways, then you're not going to be a good storyteller. You're not going to be a good creative writer. Mm -hmm. Because most of us in, in life, we, we wake up in the morning, we brush our teeth the same way, shower the same way, drive the same way to work, go the same way. We basically on autopilot, the only thoughts that we have that's original a lot of times are the thoughts that, you know, the problems of the day, like I gotta pick up my dry cleaning, I hope my dog's not sick, little shit like that. Yeah. Other than that, we don't really try to have original thoughts because we're so locked into, you know, to routine. Mm -hmm. And if, if, if you don't have what is in your life on a consistent basis throughout the day, then you're going to get into a routine. It's easy to do that. You know what I mean? And so I, told, I was trying to teach brothers, man, creative living, critical thinking, as well as, you know, what you're writing. So don't think that you can write this tale story with, with leprechauns and, and, and dragons, but living a, 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 a vanilla life like this. You know what I mean? Just waking up in the morning, going to work, you sit down like a zombie. You're not yeah. going to be able to exercise that creativity within. Right. And so that was, was um, what really made me, you know, get that together and from there, what it made me think about, I said, you know, I need to create a platform for brothers and sisters behind the G-Wall that don't have that platform. So what I did was create prisonriotradio.com. Mm. And I created that because I wanted to provide a, a platform for like, so the way it works is this. You, just, you, you know, a lot of guys in prison, we write people, we call people, we email people, we don't get any responses about the things that we want to do. So what I wanted to do is say, it don't matter, you got a book, you got, you can rap, you got a messed up case, you got a messed up prison, call, we gonna record what you gotta say, we gonna, we gonna broadcast it to our, our platform. And the bigger it gets, the more people you can speak to. And there's no charge, there's nothing about, the only thing we charge for is that we have to edit, like put together a, a professional track or, or edit your audio book or whatever. Right, so right, right. that, we do that for you, once we do that for you, we help you get on Spotify or, or, or iTunes or whatever, and that's your money. We don't sell anything. We don't want that. This is for the people. Because, right. bro, we need that. Like, these brothers in here, man, that don't have, that they don't have anybody. No one to talk to outside and to express themselves. Like, to just get on the phone and, and, and say, yo, if my son is listening, man, I'm sorry. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't know where your mother at, and she, you know, she took me, took you away from me, but I love you, and, and, and maybe he'll hear it. Maybe he'll get that message to the bottom and the flow the border, wherever this man at, and it'll change his life. And that's right. what's needed. We had to do that. I felt compelled to do that. I had to do that. And so that's my, that's my, that's my heart right there. The bigger I get, the more things that happen to me, that there's no way in the world that I'm going to leave this situation the way I came into it. Yes. Like when I kick the door, everybody got opportunity to do what you want to do. But you, it's on you after that. That's real. Don't make no more excuses. And, and, and you know what? What's so beautiful about you having a creative writing class? You know, I usually ask a question. I, I can imagine the answer that you're going to give when I ask this question because it's so important. And the fact that you have a class, and in classes or programs, there are levels of class. You know, to to show your progress. I'm praying. That in, in your progress or in your course, you have a section about imagination. Because I use that term all the time when I ask people, how important is imagination? But I want to hear how beautiful imagination is to you. Oh man, absolutely. I mean, that's what I mean by what is. Right? What is are the, are the two words that invokes everything about your imagination. That gives your imagination wings. Mm -hmm. Right? Because your imagination waiting for that shit. You know what I mean? Like, 
like what if I mean what if it applies to everything like what if I take this chocolate and put it with this peanut butter you know what I mean like <laughs> if somebody says what if people have a black damn beef yeah so everything is about what if on every level man on every level so I, I, so imagination to me is the part of us that has it's the part of us that communicates to God however you view God Right? Mm -hmm. Because the way I view God is I believe that collectively when man and nature come together, that's God. Us together mm -hmm. as, as, a, as a collective. Mm -hmm. Right? And we haven't reached that level yet. That's why God has to manifest. Like everybody keeps talking about the Messiah coming, the Messiah will come. The Messiah is here. He's just sleeping. And the Messiah is the people. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because when we raise up and understand, hold up, wait a minute. You know what I mean? Because the book says, the Bible says itself. Like, when the mm -hmm. You remember when Jesus said, yo, he wasn't right, he said, you can shut up. Like, who the fuck is this? Jesus like, yo, didn't your Bible say that I'm, that he are God? He are God and the children of the Most High. Exactly. He quoted that to the Pharisees. They burnt the road up. Like, yeah, 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 I'm wrong. Right. But they don't, you don't never hear a, a preacher on the, on, on the pedestal or the full priest say, you are God. Yeah. That the Bible says you are God. They never say that Jesus said you are God. Right? Because he can't get no money out of that. You can feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. If I'm gone, what the fuck am I paying you for? You can be my mouthpiece right now. I don't need you no more. So, you know what I mean? Like, our imagination is how we communicate with God. Mm -hmm. And I think the problem with religion is it, it stifles that community, that, 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 that creativity, that imagination. Because it says you got to pray like this, you got to fast mm -hmm. like this, you got to right. eat like this, you think like this, eat like this, walk like this. And so how the fuck is your imagination? How are you supposed to connect with your God? Right. Yeah. You're distracted by other shit. Yeah. yeah. You don't have a connection with your divinity if you don't have an imagination. Okay. Tell us this too, man. Uh, in your wildest dreams, first initially becoming a student of the game and then becoming one of the many well-respected teachers of the game. You had to do that transition and you 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 heard about Terry Woods picking up the book the book Dutch and then also you hear about how uh Manny Haley wanna produce it. So tell me about your feeling and the whole process of that. I right, so the process it was the convoluted process, right? It, it's been in the making for some years a while. You know what I mean? A while because you know a lot of times like a lot of people don't know the process for a movie that become I mean a book to become a movie, right? Like like the, the precedent of how Twilight got turned into a movie or Fifty Shades of Grey, how quickly I turned into a movie. That was the exception to the rule. Most movies, man, I mean, most books take nine, ten years before they go from, from, from you know, from book to screen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, going through the process with Terry, going through the issues that we had, and then Manny stepping in. And, and one thing about Manny Hammond, he has always been who he said he's one. Right? Mm -hmm. yeah, you know what I mean? So the communication that's at one point last we was able to reconnect. When we reconnected, it was like we never lost touch at this point right now. Like, we are doing things like Amani Films are, are doing things that nobody else is doing at this particular time, mm -hmm. right? There's some, there's some other individuals that I got mad love for, like Wynn Films, my man Huey, you know, my man Dana Dane, not the Dana Dane, that, that they doing some powerful things, moving my man Spoon. I mean, there's a lot of brothers, Albany, the, the director, like, yo, yeah, Albany not fair, remember that name. Yeah, I got some of that name, my baby to see it, man. Animal, she does videos. She about to do some real powerful things. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying all that to say that um, Al Shadid, I gotta give anybody a shout out to making a move. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. all, of, all of these things that, that 
the communication and seeing what Manny was doing, he was the he, he really is like the godfather of this thing, like when it comes down to turning urban books in the movies. And he's setting a pipeline, brother, that's that's reaching out to brothers. I mean, look at me, I'm locked up and he's working with me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he's opening the doors, he's giving people a platform. And now, now bear in mind, it's always a business, no question about that. But there's a human side to this because remember his, his name itself means faith. Mm -hmm. And Marty Phil means faith film. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, he's true to his name. He is who he say he is. So that process was walked through to, you know, within the last couple of years, COVID kind of threw it off because a lot of things got set back because of COVID. Mm -hmm. And um, because of that, that's didn't come out, that didn't complete his, his filming. But now, you know, once you got, once, once everything was put together, man, here we go. And, and, and it's just the beginning. Yeah. We had Shannon Holmes on and he talked about his experience working with Terry Woods and he didn't care for some of her business tactics. How'd you end up connecting with Terry Woods? And tell us a little bit about, um, why was there two different endings to the to the Dutch series? Because I know you had your ending and she had an ending. Right, right. So the thing about it is, you know, Shannon and I asked my brother, I love him to death, you know what I mean? But the thing about it for me is, you know, the issue is always going to be issues with people. When you have, when you have a machine, when you have a machine and an artist, there's always going to be an issue because the machine is who puts up the money. The machine is who takes the, the issue with. You're the artist, you're the, you're the commodity, and what you're putting out there is what they're selling, right? And they have to make a profit, you have to make some money, but their main motivation is the profit motivation. And so they take into consideration the business deal that they make. Now, at the end of the day, I love to do business with people who understand humanism or how we can treat each other with love and respect. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you know the old saying, you don't get what you work, you get what you negotiate. Yeah. Right? And if you're not a good negotiator, if you're not a good businessman, then you probably won't get to fast. Mm -hmm. And then after you get to fast, or after something happens, then you're gonna be getting on the plane. That's not the game. The game is, you know what I mean? That's the way the game plays. There's gonna be, you gonna win some, they gonna win some. Yeah. I done been to New York and I done got a hell of a bill. I done went to New York and then broke for and bought cocaine when I thought I had a fair bill to it. Came wow. back and didn't want to get on. You feel me? Yeah. Like, yeah, like of course there's this, there's this, there's this, there's this, there's this, there's a thing to go to. You know what I mean? I could respond with and, and escalate the situation, but at the end of the day, what's the game? Yeah. Right? I never forget. I never forget. You know what I mean? I'm just getting off something just to uh, uh, elaborate the point. Mm -hmm. But I never forget there was a time in Goldsboro, right? When these dudes came from out of town. And they came with some fake joints. They, they came with like six fake joints. And they had the gold chains. They had everything. They had their food. They sold every ounce of that their candle right? <laughs> but the dudes in the bubble, they let none of them got mad. You know what they did? They turned around and took that shit out of town and sold it to another one. <laughs> 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 At the end of the day, these niggas do the game. Yeah. They said, fuck it, you got me, I'm going back out. Right? That's the game. It's not right. I'm not, I'm not condoning taking a nigga fat. I'm simply saying, if you get took ass and you was in the game to get took fat, yeah. you got to respect the game. Um, so me and Terry bump heads from time to time. That was that was natural. Yeah. Right? And there's times when I loved her, and there was times when I wanted to choke her, but I never hated her. Still <laughs> choke her and still love her. Mm. Never hated her. I can't hate somebody who gave me an opportunity when I was at the bottom of the barrel. That's real. She, said, she reached a sincere head down to me. 
Dutch movie, were you satisfied with it? And do you do you think that um, Lance Gross made for a good Dutch? <laughs> I mean, when you're an author, I mean, when you're a story, like, when, you're a story like, when you have a book made into a movie, you're never gonna be satisfied, mm. right? Because unless unless you write, direct, and produce it yourself, then you ain't got the right blame with yourself because your vision is, is without it. Mm. And you have 60 seconds remaining. But who has that opportunity, right? So. I say that to say that. So there are things, there are things that I definitely would have been differently, but out of shallow a doubt, right? I like Lance Gross because I know that he, I knew the females were going to, to want to love to see him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gotta have him. Yeah, right? yeah. Decisions like that. You make decisions based on that. He's a good actor without a shallow a doubt. You know what I mean? Right. Again, I think the thing was that the what was missing was. You have 30 seconds remaining. The engagement. Hold on, I'll be right back. Yeah. 